1: Welcome
2: to a view from the Bullins, in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians, and Fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans. Hello, and welcome back to a view from the Bullins, with me, Mick Kemp, and Benwin Stanley. Ben, it's the transfer special. There's been so much happening over the last, well, weekend, really, if we're honest. It's it's all go at Finch Farm and Goodison Park. And, and we're going to start off with the goalkeeping situation. Asmir Begovic uh, has had a medical at Everton to join on a, on a free transfer for two years. What are your thoughts on Asmir Begovic?
1: Well, first off, what you said there, Mick, what an absolute bizarre weekend. We kind of bit down in the dumps and then suddenly... Bang, 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 free silence potentially coming through the door, which for me is great to see. We've talked about on previous podcasts the most beer, uh, how important having a number two, obviously, within the clubs, obviously, help Jordan Pickford. Because I don't personally think that South Virginia is ready for first team football, like I've said on previous podcasts. So overall, Vazmir Begovic, it's A pretty good signing. Um, My my personal opinion, I said it on previous podcasts. like I said before, is obviously Sergio Romero from Man United. But look, Azmi Begovic has been around for a long time. He was obviously at Bournemouth last year, conceding 49 goals. He was one of the the best keepers in the championship last year and obviously took them to the playoff final. And Bournemouth fans say he's a uh, a modern-day professional, gives you 100% and he's passionate for football. So I think it's a really, really good signing. And you look at some of his stats, obviously per 90 minutes, he concedes 0.98. So it's less than a goal a game. And last last year in 47 matches, he he kept 16 clean sheets. And um, so that's a 34% clean sheet record. So, and he actually somehow, looking at his stats, managed an assist, which is probably better than some of our midfielders all put together, which is a bonus. I don't know why we got that (laughs) assist. I'm sure sure Bournemouth uh, fans can give us a bit of an inkling on what happened there. But no, I feel like it's a it's a good signing going forward for Everton. I feel like he has the credentials to come in and take the, obviously, impact off Jordan Pickford if required. He's a tall guy, don't get me wrong. And do you know what i love to see, Mick? He was obviously in the club store buying an Everton scarf mm. and he's, he's come out and said that he does it at every club he signs for. He goes into the shop and buys the scarf and I love all that and he had time for pictures of some of the fans, which obviously was circulating on Twitter. So it's just good to see embracing, embracing the club, embracing the fans and, I feel like it's going to be a, a, quite a good sign. I don't know what your thoughts are on it, Nick.
2: Yeah, I mean, you are comparing to maybe Sergio Romero, and I think we'd all probably agree Romero would have been the better option. But financially, for where we are as a club, which, is, which has all been well documented over the last three, four, five days, Romero's wages are, are probably double than what Begovic is commanding. And, and we have to take that into an account. Second choice goalkeeper, how often will he play? Maybe five, six, seven times a season at best. I think Begovic is, is more than capable, more than good enough to do a job for us. I've spoke to a number of Bournemouth fans over the weekend and they rave about him, Ben. I know you've just said that. They absolutely yeah. love him. They they love him and they hold him up such a high pedestal. He had such a great season. I think, I think he got voted second uh, in player of the season. I could be wrong, um, but I think he was second amongst the fans. And that just shows because Bournemouth had a decent season. So, for a goalkeeper to finish second in their player of the season, it, it speaks volumes for me. He's 33, 34. We're going to get a couple of years out of him, but it stops us having to look elsewhere. It's been a bit of an issue for us for a couple of seasons, our second choice goal. And we've gone through quite a few. Um, but two, maybe, maybe might get a third, fourth year out of Begovic. I think it's more than enough, more than good enough. It keeps Pickford on his toes. And we all know Pickford does really need to be kept on his toes. So, I'm quite content with, with Begovic. Free transfer reasonably low wages, more than capable enough to stand in when called upon. I don't think we can argue about that one. Ben, do you agree?
1: Yeah, completely agree. We've obviously seen the importance last year of having a solid number two to come in. I thought Robin Olsen did a really good job when Pickford obviously got heavily criticised in the media. But look, you've shown the reports on Sky Sports today. Pickford's absence from the team for that couple of months. He came back after Christmas and he's probably topping a lot of stats that obviously Sky Sports released today. So and just look how good he was in the Euros. You see, that time away from the the club, uh, from the first-team football made Pickford a better goalkeeper for me personally. And it just shows you that the how big I, I felt having a good number two to come in, perform well and basically say to Pickford, you need to up your game and up his game he did because he was brilliant post-Christmas. So, no, mm. things are very, very good
2: signing. Mm. Well, moving on from the goalkeeping situation, another transfer that has quickly come about is Andros Townsend. Um, his contract was was up at Crystal Palace. He's 30 years old. He's recently just turned 30, I should have had He turned 30 on the 16th of July. Ben, Andros Townsend, he he had a a pretty good career at Crystal Palace. I think he played over 168 games. Crystal Palace fans, they they quite like him, but they thought it was probably the right time for him to move on. I think we can all agree he's probably not going to come into Everton and set the world alight and start each week. But as a squad player, again, a little bit like Begovic, reasonably low wages compared to maybe someone like a Bernard. What are your thoughts on Andros Townsend? Um. Well, again, it was Saturdays having a few drinks with
1: family and friends, and suddenly boom, my phone explodes. And Josh Townsend is in the building. It just caught us all by surprise. Um. It, look, he's not going to set the world alight. I don't think he's going to be number one on the on the uh, first team sheet. But I've said to you, uh, Lee Bully, and a few of the other lads involved with view from the, the Bulens, that I'm I'm not a hundred percent against it. Look, you look at his defensive stats and. He really puts a shift in. He's versatile. He can play left wing, right wing. He can obviously play at left wing back as well. So potential if Dean gets injured, um, he could actually fill in that left wing back role. And he's got one of the best cross success rates in the Premier League, which was obviously announced on Twitter, um, with players having more than 25 crosses, however, not taking corners. So he had a success rate on crosses of about 40%. Now, it's clear to see, it. obviously Rafael Benita said in this press conference, that we actually are looking to feed Dominic Calvert-Lewin from the wings. And there's no surprise to me where we're obviously we're going to go on talk to some of these players, but obviously Townsend's linked, Dwight McNeil's linked, uh, Damara Gray's linked. And these, these are wingers who are going to get at the man, man, man and cross the ball into the box. And when you've got players like Richarlison and DCL who are so good in the air, it could work out very well. Now, Andros Townsend last year Scored one assisted five. Now that's more goal contributions than I think Bernard and um Alex Awobi combined from the whole of last year. So you look at some of that, it might not be the best player that's going to start, but it's another option off the bench. You've got a player there that can come on and put a good ball into the box for your likes Calvert Loom when it's backs against the wall defending and looking for that desperate goal to obviously either get in front or equalise. So you look at his stats per 19, he scored every 2,000 minutes. So, we didn't have a good season last year in relation to goal scoring, but he assisted every 452 minutes, which is approximately one assist every four games, um, which isn't an amazing stat, no, but it, again, it's better than what we had um, last year. So, and what you're going to get of Andros Townsend, Mick, if you turn round to him and say, look, mate, you're going to be out to out start starting 11 for four or five games. He'll take that on the chin. He's not going to moan. He's going to get on with it. When he gets his minutes, he's going to take his chance. And what I do like about him is that he does defend. Obviously, he's eighth in the Premier League in defensive duels per 90. So he does defend. He tracks back. He follows his runners. Mm -hmm. runners. And I think Everton fans will get behind that because he works hard for the team. It's not just he'll get forward, beat a player, cross it in, gets headed out. You'll see him jogging back to the halfway line. He gets back. He tracks back. And that just could be the difference. Now, I'm not saying I'm completely over the moon with it. And if we were paying, say, five, 10 million pounds from, him, I'd be like, mm, Everton, come on. It's not really what we need. But for a free transfer for reported, not astronomical wages, I don't think it's that bad of a deal to improve the squad.
2: Mm. I, I also think it's a, it's a player that Rafa Benitez can trust. You look at the current squad and there's probably quite a few players that Rafa probably doesn't trust defensively, you know, when we're up against it, maybe away at at one of the bigger teams, so to speak. And he would probably think, you know what, with half an hour to go, if we're maybe holding on to a a 1-0 win or or we're trying to hold out for a point, anything, I think he can probably bank on Andros Townsend putting in a shift for him. And I think that's what this one is. Um, He knows the player very, very well. You know, he's had him before. And I think away from football, we've also got to look at Townsend's character. Um, you know, he's had his troubles. There's, there's no doubt about it. I remember in, in 2019, he did an interview uh, and he came out that he uh, he had a problem with gambling. Uh, I believe he, he lost something like £46,000 on a single bet in 2012 and that he was a reformed character. Um, you know, that was before a playoff game for Birmingham, had. so you can see what sort of mess he was in and what sort of headspace and where he was at in life at that point. Um, and he obviously broke FA FA's anti-betting rules, but he went to counselling and he went to therapy and it shows a lot about the man that he owned up to that. He held his hands up and he came out and sometimes it speaks volumes of a man that does, you know, they're a big man to do that. It's a brave thing to do. Um, I know he's had a bit of trouble in his early life with his family. I think he lost his younger brother at a very, very young age. Um, But I've only heard great things about Andrus Townsend as a person. They say he's absolutely fantastic in the dressing room. He's a top class professional. Uh, He looks after himself immensely. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm fairly certain he's totally he doesn't drink anymore. Um, and they're the sort of players that we want in and around the football club. Yeah, he might not be the best technically gifted, he might not win as a game 3-0 and score 2, but what he is going to do, is he's going to fight for the shirt. And I think with Andros Townsend, like you were saying, Ben, I think he's a player that he's quite happy to sit on the bench for three, four, five games in a row but then be told, look, you know, you're going to be playing away at such and such this week and we need you to put in a shift for us at left or right wing back, for argument's sake. And he'll roll his sleeves and go, no problem, Gaffer, I'll do it. And sometimes at clubs, those players go unnoticed. Um, I hate to say it, you look at Liverpool across the park and they have, saved someone like James Milner, and he's invaluable, absolutely invaluable yeah. to a football club to have someone like that. Um, and it also keeps standards up around the dressing room, around the training ground. Uh, And they lead by example, those sort of players. And yeah, like I say, and like you said, if it was five, six, seven, eight million, I'd be raising my eyebrow thinking, with our current financial situation, is that the best way that we could maybe improve the squad? Probably not, but free transfer, reasonably low wages. And we're obviously very, very hopeful. Bernard is going to be heading out the door very soon. We are currently working on that. And then you think, right, a like-for-like replacement, You've got to trust your manager on this one. And, and, you know, whether people back Rafa or not, you have to trust him. And if he fancies somebody like Andros Townsend over a, a Bernard or an Alex Iwobi, you have to back him. You have to back him and go, okay, it's your call. Yeah, Andros Townsend is going to be on half the amount of wages that Bernard's going to be on. That's a massive positive for us because as we all know, our wage bill is a real problem for us at the moment. It's very top heavy. Um, but yeah, we have to trust Rafa on this one. Yeah, he's not going to set the world alight. He's not going to, you know excite you for pre-season games i think i'm going to tune into this one because he's playing because he's not um and we have to realize that but it's there's a means to an end with this one um doing a like-flight swap say for him and bernard it may allow us to then go sign a denzel dumfries for example because we've now rejigged the wage bill restructured it a little bit and we have a little bit of wiggle room so we have to think outside the box on this one blues um what I will say, though, is, Mick, on the other toss of the coin, I don't think he's
1: coming in to be a starting eleven, And if he was, I wouldn't be very optimistic. No, I agree. Because it doesn't really set the world alight. And it's a bit of a uh, signing. And I do get the negativity towards it from some Evertonians. Mm, I do. Mm. But I think in the bigger picture, football is all about having a squad where players can come in and do a job. Because I don't think last year we were having two goalkeepers on the bench with no wingers to come on, where we would desperately in need a winger. So if you look at on that side of the coin, I do understand some Evertonians. For me, it's not it's not a signing that gets me off my feet. But it's a signing where, like you said, like your versatility, your James Mil- Milner, utility player, it could potentially work.
2: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I think we have to trust Rafa on this one. He's trying to rejig the him and Marcel brands are trying to give us some sort of wiggle room regarding the profit and losses and the wage bills. And I know we've gone into that in previous podcasts, so we don't need to go there. But that's what we're trying to do with this one. Um, So I understand it. It's not like we've said. It's very underwhelming on this one, but it's a free transfer, low wages, and he keeps our squad reasonably healthy with numbers. So moving away from Andros Townsend, um, you know, I believe he's having a medical today, Ben. So that one is well on its way. Yeah. Damari Gray has now come up, and this one has is, is really, really crept upon us. Um, I'd heard nothing at my end, and I don't believe you'd heard much your end too much. And it's, it's sped up over the weekend. He's got a release clause of €2 million Euros at Bayer Leverkusen with a one-year contract still left to run there. So it's £1.5 million. Pounds. He's 25 years old. He... he... He had a bit of an indifferent career or, or time at Leicester City, shall I say. He was in and out of the team and there were eyebrows raised over his attitude. Uh, but £1.5 it's very low risk, this one, isn't it?
1: I've banged at the Damari Gray drum, drum for a while. Uh, people who listen to the podcast, they follow me on Twitter. I was desperate for us to go after him in, in January and I've tweeted about it before. He's something that we haven't got. He's raw. He's fast. I know he's getting to that age of 25, 26 now where he should really be getting settled down, progressing and going further. But he's an exciting talent. I wanted him when he was at Birmingham. I then wanted him when he was at Leicester. And he's gone to buy Leverkusen and that, To be honest with you, not many people realise that transfer had actually taken place. Now, you do a bit of digging surrounding uh, Damari Gray and see what his uh, his stats have been like since he's been over in Germany. So he's played 10 times in the Bundesliga, scored one and assisted two. So he scored a goal every 439 minutes and he assisted every 220 minutes. So roughly every two and a half games, he got an assist. So uh, even there, he's doing a lot more in a lot less minutes than some of our players we've got currently at our squad. I'll never forget him at Leicester. I think it was against Everton when he came to Goodison Park when Claude Purell was the manager. And he tours a new one, Mick. He was direct, he was quick, he was exciting, he was raw. There's talks within some Leicester fans. He had a bit of a bad attitude and then he actually fell out with Brendan Rodgers and that obviously led to his release. But look, it's it's another shrewd business deal for me. Two million pounds in today's age, where he's rumored to be on approximately about sixty grand a week. I think that's the the money that's being thrown around by the club. He's going to be coming in for sixty grand a week now. By Leverkusen played played two million pounds, four two million euros, I think it was, for eighteen month contract. and put in that release clause this summer to say basically they'd get the money back and he'd have twelve months to run. And I do feel like I'm quite excited about this sign as I've touched on before. Um, I feel like he he could come in and start for Everton because he's he got pace. And how often have we been on this podcast over post-match, pre-match games and God, look, we need pace. And I think with Rafa, we're going to be doing quite a lot of counter-attacking football and he's a player that can get behind teams. He's quick, he's direct, he's got flair. And he, if he kicks off and we back him, then I think it could be a very, very good signing. But look, two-year deal with an option for a third year. If it works out, great, he gets his third year. If it doesn't work out then it's low risk, low fee, and we could potentially cash in by extending the third year and selling them again. I don't feel like we're going to lose out money on, uh, on Damari Gray. I feel like it's, um, it's a good business deal as well, never mind on and off the pitch. So I'm really, really excited about this one, Mick. I don't know what your thoughts are about it.
2: Yeah, he's he's recently turned 25. Um, Like I say, he had a bit of an indifferent time at Leicester City, but he's someone with raw pace. He's very, very quick. Something that we obviously are screaming out for. He's a genuine winger and he would be a genuine option for us. I do feel like there's a player in there. Uh, I do feel like there's a bit of untapped talent that I'd love to think Rafa could maybe entice out of him and and get the best form out of him. Um, It's so low risk. Financially, £1.5 million, even if it didn't work out after 12, 18 months, you're going to get that sort of money back for someone like him. It'll only be 26, 27 at the worst case scenario. You're still always going to get a couple of million for him. Um, his contract looks like it's going to be heavily incentivized, Ben, you know, two years, two to three years, and then it's going to be incentivized after that. So he's got to come and improve himself. Um, again, we talk about the wages and I hate to go keep, keep going back to it. He's on less than the likes of Iwobi. So it's another one where you think, right, okay, Andros Townsend, like for like for Bernard, we're halving the wages there. And if we could then maybe get another player out the door, let's just say, for example, Alex Iwobi. Again, Damari Gray's on less than Alex Iwobi. More wiggle room on the wage bill. And it's so important for us at the moment to still have options on the bench. I don't think Damari Gray would probably start. I think he would feature more than Andros Townsend for sure. I don't think he would start. I think that's the hope that he doesn't have to start um, whilst freeing up more wages on the wage bill. It's a very low risk transfer and I think it's a no brainer. And I, I I read a fantastic tweet. I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember who it was off, um, but somebody said, you know, if this was a Spurs signing for Damari Gray now for 1.5 million. The Everton fans would be up in arms saying, why aren't we going for players like that? It's such a low-risk transfer. And I, I I fully agree with it. For once, I think we've been quite proactive on this one. We've moved quite quickly to try and get this one done. We've snuck under the radar on this. Um, he's happy to join Damari Grayers. Uh, I believe he's, I'm under the impression that he's flying in over the next 24, 36 hours uh, to do a medical. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually... That, this is probably the sign I'm most excited about at the moment for Everton because I think he's got a point to prove back in the English game. 25, it's a no-brainer for me. Um, I think if we can then maybe add a few more starting players as the transfer window goes on, I think this is a sign that will creep up on us over the next few months and we go, what a steal we got there. We've got a genuine player that can push the first team. He's a good age, raw pace, and he offers us something that we don't have. And like I say, that is pace. So, yeah, let's hope that one gets over the line. Ben, moving away from Damari Gray. The other one that is obviously fast moving at the moment is Dwight McNeil. What we do know about Dwight McNeil is that Burnley are reluctant to sell. Um, Burnley are asking for £20 million up front uh, with add ons. But Everton are not the only team interested, Ben. Uh, West Ham Uh, are heavily linked and heavily interested. And Aston Villa, by all accounts, were the first team to start making inquiries to Dwight McNeil this summer. It's going to be a lot of money if we want to get him. What are your thoughts on this one?
1: Another player that I would absolutely love us to sign. um, 21 years of age. And if we can get him for the right price, then it'd be brilliant. 25, 30 million pounds. I think it's a very, very good deal for Dwight McNeil. There's murmurs from different reports saying... There's different fees involved. Clearly, obviously, what some are suggesting is 20 million up front. Um, but then, how much add ons do they want? Do they want it more every money every year? So then the deal goes up to your 40, 50 million pound mark. And as you've touched on to quite rightly in this podcast, we're not in a position, which we talked about previously on numerous occasions, to be blowing 50 million pounds on players where we're so financially struck for cash. But you, you look at Dwight McNeil at Burnley. He, he's one of their star men. I think it's him and probably James Tarkowski who their two biggest assets. And Burnley are going to obviously try and dig the reels in with this one. But obviously Aston Villa are looked, looking at them too. They've had a really good signing with obviously Brendan. Um, when he's I think obviously if they got Brendan Watkins and Dwight McNeil and I think and Greenish as well. I think that'd be a really really good front four. But back to Evan. Back to some stats on Dwight McNeil. Um, obviously played 36 times for Burnley last year, scoring two. One was an absolute beauty at Goodison Park um, and obviously assisting five times. Now, scores a goal every 1,500 minutes, which isn't amazing, but he does assist every 600 minutes, With is totally, uh an assist every seven games. But look, is it a, a team at Burnley where we they're not really not renowned for attacking football? They kind of defend, slog it out and see how it results. And look, uh, Sean Dyson, a brilliant job there. And he he said that this this boy is a baller. Like he's a really good player, he's up and coming talents, and he's going to be sniffing around international football very soon because he is a star of the future. And I I'd be over the moon if we got Dwight McNeely. He's skillful. He's not he's not as electrifying natural pace as obviously Demari Gray, but he's skillful. He's tricky, and he does have good acceleration. He drifted past a few players at Goodison Park when we played them recently this year at home, and I went wow. He is somebody I'd love to have. But it just all depends on the fee. Again, it, I think Everton don't particularly want to pay over £25 million. If you pay £20 million off front, then potentially £5 million in add-ons. then I feel like it'd be a really good deal going forward. But I don't want to be wasting your 30 £40, 50000000 million pounds. On someone like Dwight McNeil, I feel like he's definitely one for the future. And if you got him for the right fee now, you'd never lose out long term. So I think it'd be a very, very good signing for Everton. Mm. And again, he could potentially come in and be a starter. Um, Mm. So what what are your thoughts on Dwight McNeil? There's there's
2: no doubt he's a a good player and he's definitely got a great future ahead of him, Ben. But do you feel the lack of pace with Dwight McNeil because he's not quick? Do you think that's what Everton should be spending? Probably the bulk of our net spend on this Mm. summer. (laughs)
1: But I think we've got obviously Damari Gray. Um, he's going to come in. He's absolutely lightning. We know that he's quick. Um, the good thing is about Dwight McNeilers, though. Mick. We've seen it, especially at Goodison Park. He obviously played predominantly as a left winger. He's tricky. He beats players, and he is. His acceleration is good. He's just not quick over a certain amount of speed. But he does tend to tuck in. He's good with his feet. He's skillful. So. When we are countering um, or attacking, he can always slot into that number ten role as we've seen this year when Hamez was playing right wing, Slotter is a number ten, and if the right back doesn't follow him, he's free to obviously turn and have a shot at goal. And how many times this year have we had an opportunity to shoot from outside the box? And we just haven't. Mm. Now, Dwight McNeil will be someone who will get hold of that ball, beat a man, and will not be afraid to just have a go. And I'm sure a lot of Everton fans that listen to this have been screaming out, "Just have a go, have a shot! If you don't, if you don't buy a ticket." You're not going to win the lottery. And he's someone that will attack players and go at them. So I, I feel like he's a really good player. Every time I've watched him, he stood out in that Burnley team. And I feel like he'd be very good and positive for going forward if you can get behind him.
2: Mm-hmm. No, like I say, he, he's a fantastic player. There's no doubt about it. And he's got a great future ahead of him. He's, he's still young, but he's been around for a little while. And he's, he's, he's cut his teeth into the Premier League reasonably well at, at Burnley with Sean Dyche. And he knows how to play the systems. And he does work hard. My only concern with him, if there is a concern, is the pace. Um, you know, we, we're just a team that are screaming out for pace. And to spend maybe the best part of 25, maybe even 30, if Bernie had really dig their heels in. I don't know. I just don't know. I'm not doubting he's a fantastic player. And, I'm, sure, you know, if we sign him, I'd be delighted. But with our current financial situation, I'm just looking at the transfer as a whole. If we don't manage to get certain players out the door, like a Moise Keane for 35, 40 million. That probably would be the majority of our net spend unless something magical happens. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. It's a real tricky one. Um, I think the issue here is Blues as we do need to sell, so obviously fund these this, deals. This is, yeah, this is the issue. And for me, for me, Ben, you know, with the likes of Damari Gray coming in, it is then the, you know, the right wing or left wing, let's just say either position. Are they a priority over a right-back? I personally don't think they are. I think the right-back then has to take president. Um, So moving on to right-back, Denzel Dumfries is obviously still linked, Ben. Um, You know, it's been widely reported that his meeting with the football club went very, very well. Last week, Mina Royola is uh, the agent for Denzel Dumfries, as well as Marcel Brands is his agent. So we're obviously hoping that we can, you know, tie Royola in and and do us both a favour. What are your thoughts on Dumfries?
1: Well, it's clear to see that the Italian football are struggling just as financially as obviously Everton are. Um, it's clear that Inter Milan are obviously looking for a loan of potential obligation, where PSV definitely wants to sell now, which you spoke about on previous podcasts. So that puts us in the driving seat now. Denzel Dumfries obviously performed extremely well for the, for the Netherlands and the Euros. And I, I feel like PSV thought that that potentially might get more suitors to drive the price up. As it stands today, that hasn't been the case. Um, he's 25 years of age right back and plays as a four or in a five at the back but he has potentially said that he did like Frank the ball system where they played five at the back um, he feels like that suits his game he's a powerful quick big right back um, and he does drive forward and he you look at last year when he played for PSV he played 30 matches uh, he kept 37% of them games, he obviously got a clean sheet, stuff that's 11 out of 30. Scored two goals, didn't really produce any assists, and his crossing stats weren't the best, and I'm just going to add that on. It weren't the best crossing stats, but he is an attacking fullback, and um, He will get forward now as the question's him defensively. You look at some of the, the stats that come up, his clean sheet record, he, he, he definitely is a good right-back, and I feel like he could be our right-back for the, the years going forward. As you stated, the talk did go well last week. It's been well documented. And the ballpark fees around £15 million plus add-ons, which for me, I think is a very good deal for both sides. PSV clearly need the money. We need a right back. And I feel like we're not spending, obviously, what, the Max Arons, for example, where they wanted £30 million up front. Now that's the deal. Take it or leave it. And we've just said, that's too much for us. We cannot afford to blow the whole budget on that. Because I'm I'm just going off my personal view here. I think Everton's net spend will be around 20 to £30 million, pounds, um, obviously pre-sales. And, and like you said before, obviously with the McNeil and Dumfries, I feel the right-back Dumfries takes precedence because Seamus Coleman's agent now. He's been a great servant to the club but we've got no right-back cover. Obviously, John Joe Kenny's come back to the club, and for me, John Joe Kenny's another name that should potentially be sold this summer to generate some cash, because, look, he's he's a scouser, he works hard when he performs, he puts in a tackle, but he's just not good enough getting forward. And Mason Holgate showed again last year that he doesn't quite have the ability to be a right-back. He won't get forward, doesn't overlap, and all right to centre-half, but he's not a right-back. So that right-back position to take the burden off Seamus Coleman to be a right-back, Permanent star, so Dumfries is the man for me. Hmm. Good price, good technical ability, big, strong, powerful, potentially physical size as well, which is always good for the Premier League. And I don't think Marshall Brands was a big fan of Max Adams due to his physicality. Um, what are your thoughts, Myth?
2: Yeah, with Den- with Denzel Dumfries. Um, you know, as we know, PSV are, are happy to sell. They they did gamble, like you say, they did gamble on him on him having a good Euros. Um, you know, it was reported in, in in the Netherlands that PSV actually contacted Holland national team to see if he was actually going to heavily feature or else they were going to sell him before the Euros for the maximum amount of money they could get for him. Holland, the national team, made it quite clear that he was going to feature. So they gambled on him having a good Euros uh, and he did, didn't he? Let's be honest, he, he excelled in that system that they played with five at the back and as a wing back uh, and he was outstanding, arguably their best player. So it's paid off for them in one way. And like you say, they've the Euros have finished, been and gone. And they were banking on a bit of a bidding war into Milan. Really want him, but they just haven't got the money. They want him on loan. PSV are not interested on a loan. And it's kind of left the door ajar for Everton to to make a move on this one. Uh, Obviously, the links with Mina Rola are really important on this one. But again, the door is ajar. Uh, We've had a meeting with Dumfries, as you've said. It went well. Dumfries is open to a move to the Premier League. Ideally, he would like European football. Maybe Everton have sold him a dream or even sold him down the river on this one, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, but yeah, he's open to move to the Premier League. He's 25, good age, good size, good engine on him. Uh, and like you said, with the greatest of respects and Seamus Coleman's been a superb servant for Everton Football Club. Absolute fantastic. We do need to address this now. It's got to yeah. be addressed. We cannot go into another season like we did last year. With all due respect to John Joe Kenny, again, like you said, he's a scout, he's a local lad, wears his heart on his sleeve. I think we all know the writing's on the wall for him. And I think he'd probably openly admit that, that he probably needs to go elsewhere to, to get first-team football. Um, and then that leaves us very, very thin on the ground. We can't go into another season playing centre-backs at right-back. We, we just can't. We got away with it at times due to Carlo Ancelotti's system and great Defensive displays from the team, but we, we need to have more. We've got to have more than that yeah. if we're going to progress. And, and Denzel Dumfries is that option, like you said regarding Max Aaron's Norwich want thirty million pounds. It's a lot of money, and by all accounts, certain people at, at Goodison Park are not fully sold on him. Um, so yeah, Denzel what's... Dumfries. What were you going to say, yeah.
1: Ben? But what what I will say is what's going to be dead interesting is what comes off this deal. Obviously, working with Raiola is like mm. Dancing with the Devil. And obviously his other client, Moise Keen, is obviously still at Everton. So it's just, let's just see where this goes. Well, I that's think the normally sensual- the
2: issue. Yeah, if you yeah. do him a favour or he does you a favour, you owe him a favour. He's a super agent and that's what they're like, unfortunately. Um, like you say, we are dancing with the devil on that one. But we know what we're getting, getting ourselves in for. It, might, it may well be Blues, you know, he manages to get Dumfries our way on a bit of a cut deal with PSV. But we have to return the favour with... For argument's sake, like, say I'm keen going for a little bit less. We we just don't know. But that's what happens with these super agents. They do you a favor, you uo one. It is as simple as that. Um, but yeah, I believe that one is is still very much in the off in Talks are ongoing between the two clubs. Uh, like I say, Denzel Dumfries is by all accounts very open to a Premier League move. Um, so it's now basically all on the two clubs and let to thrash that out. Let's hope that one gets done. Moving a, moving back to Wingers, Ben. Uh Leon Bailey, again, linked. We've obviously, as you've said numerous times, we've, we've scouted him and done so much research on him as a football club. We've watched him, I think you said, over 12 times last season alone. Um, the club clearly like him. Brands clearly likes him. But he had a good season at Leverkusen, didn't he? He's got two years left on his contract at Leverkusen, but his market value seems to have gone up, Ben, and Leverkusen apparently want big money for him.
1: Yeah, another player. Absolute brilliant. Had a superb season. I think he was available last summer. Um, We'd watched him the whole of the year before. This year, um, and obviously this year, we've watched him over 12 times. Just scouts going through a lot of Leverkusen games who have all reported back saying, he's been brilliant, which he has. You look at his games, he's obviously played 30 times in the Bundesliga and in the Europa League, um, scoring nine times in the Bundesliga, assisting eight times, and in the Europa League playing eight times, scoring five and assisting twice. So, he scores a goal every 239 minutes, which is like one in three, there or thereabouts, um, and then obviously assists one in every three, so one every 268 minutes, scoring two out of two penalties as well. So, He's had a brilliant season, and Leverkusen will be laughing it up because they were they were willing to obviously accept around twenty-five to thirty million pound mark last year. But like you say, I do feel like his market value would have gone up to you are touching thirty-five to forty million pounds. He's another star man of theirs. Um, obviously, we went to watch him and caught the eye of Moussa Diaby as well, the other winger, um, which I'm not sure that it's a, has progressed as Leon Bailey because. Yeah, he, he is the dream. He is your left footed right winger who's absolutely lightning quick, skillful, beats a man. But again, Mick, we, we haven't got that money to be thrown around. And it, it's just worrying this at the moment because obviously I, I think Evertonians are now starting to come around to what's going on at Everton Football Club where mm. the underwhelming summer is going to probably happen unless sales happen. You look at Bernard, who will be off the sale. There's talk of Gomez potentially going to Portugal or Spain. Um, then you look at other big enders your Yeri Mina. I've spoke about it for a number of months on the podcast, like you're well aware. I think that is coming to a bit of a, an ultimatum. Now, this isn't, I haven't heard anything. This is just my personal view on this. I think potentially Yeri Mina might be wanting to potentially leave, uh, to leave the football club and get a cover for a year for the centre-back on loan. I feel like there's a lot more center offs available on loan that could come in and do a job as a backup than there are in other positions. Um, and but if we can't find that money, you your more keen, then I feel like, yeah, we I mean it could be that option to leave the football club. That's just my personal view. That that is all it is. That's mm. just me thinking as an Evertonian. Um, and then it comes obviously down to your other assets in with Charlson. Now, I do think he'll stay for another season. Um, but then next summer, do we readdress that potentially? And I also think that the Hamas Rodriguez one is still up in the air. I feel like if an offer comes in for him at £20, £25 million, then I think he could potentially go as well. I'd love for him to stay. He looks happy at the moment to see him on the Crosby Beach, which is great, interacting with Evertonians and sitting on the beach just chilling, which is, again, great to see. I love all that as Everton Everton football players and, and interacting with the fans, but it's not just about Everton off the field we need to get the business accounts sorted as well uh, because obviously the profit and loss sustainability the Premier League we are massively in the red over the past three seasons and clearly last summer we got away because of the Covid relaxations of them said um, figures but now it's coming back to bites us in the bum a little bit and this is probably the season where we've got to box clever uh, it's been widely reported on, on Twitter by numerous people so yeah, it's going to be a really interesting one. Leon Bailey, if we had all the money in the world, I think he'd be a realistic target. I think he'd probably come to us. I think he'd be a brilliant signer. But at, at this moment in time, on the 19th of July, 2021, we're not, not in a position to to, uh, to buy Leon Bailey. No,
2: I, th- I think we can all agree. I think, obviously, in a dream world, Leon Bailey would be a fantastic signing for us and he would be the dream. But I think if we all just step back and just think Everton, unless something magical happens with, you know, obviously we hear so many stories about Usmanov or putting more money in whatever you want to think, unless something magical happened Everton are not going to be spending 35 million on, on Leon Bailey 30 million on Dwight McNeil and so on it's just not going to happen this summer unfortunately we've we've had those summers of the in the past but this is not the summer we're having to tighten our belts a little bit and box clever like you say uh, with profit and losses margins and, and wage bills and, and whatever else we are having to box clever and obviously the new stadium as well so we are having to box clever Um, But yeah, like you've said, Ben, Everton have scouted Leon Bailey many, many times, over 12 times last season. They're huge fans of him, huge fans of him. But he's coming off the back of a very, very good season for Leverkusen. They're not interested in selling him. They have no wish to sell him. They ideally would like him to sign a new contract. He's got two years left going into this season and they are commanding big money for him as well. One other player, Ben, that is rumoured to be interested we'll say on this one is Joe Willock he was on loan at Newcastle from Arsenal last season and towards the end of the season he was absolutely superb for Newcastle again he can play on either flank uh what are your thoughts on Joe Willock
1: um (laughs) if you're gonna get a
2: backup striker then I'm
1: pretty surprised that Solomon Rondon's names are getting thrown in the mix but I do feel like that we do need uh, a backup striker and Joe Willock performed very well towards the end of the season. Obviously, with Newcastle, he seems to go for a run of games. at Nine, eight or nine games where he really scored every single every mm. single game. I think it was eight goals on the bounce. Uh, played 11 times, scoring eight times. And lucky clearly knew where the net was at Newcastle. Um, 21-year-old, um, up-and-coming talent. And, but again, if it alone would make sense... Um, Obviously, there's been rumours to obviously Hwang, RB Leipzig, potentially on loan, who's had a bit of a bad year due to the long COVID, apparently. So these players, we've just got to box clever. We need to probably utilise the loan market for certain positions, I think, personally, because we can't go balls out again like we have on previous summers and just spend £60-70 million on that spend because... I think we gambled um, as Paul the S came on. I think we gambled on having constant European football, Champions League football, the big spending at the beginning of when um, Mishiri came into the football club and it hasn't quite worked out how he wanted it. I think now we wanted to be seeing regular European football and that's just not the case. We finished 10th last year and over the course of so much bad spending, it's just, I think we've come to literally uh, head on now where we need to address this now where, unfortunately, that we are going to have to sell some assets. And we do have assets at our football club that's like, that we have bought reasonably well. But obviously, most we spent £20-25 25 million pounds on him. I think we'll make a profit on him. Mm. I think we've got a profit on the Charles, and potentially, next summer. I think he will stay for the one year. Yeah, we mean there? they're about to get our money back. But look, we need to address that now, because we, unless we get European football, then we're just not going to progress. So we need to get this summer right, and need to box level like I've stated before. And if Willock's available on loan to come in, if Moist Keane leaves, then yeah, so be it. I'd be all for it. But we do need, potentially, a target man who's going to be getting on, on the end of crosses. He's going to be live and active in the box. And I just feel like Huang, potentially at It could be more of that player, more of that type that I'd want to see. Adol's on loan. Um, but again, you don't want to be spending 20 £30 million pounds on, a, on a backup striker. Who's going to be... I can see Charleston playing up front a lot more this season with Calvert-Lewin. I don't think he's an out-and-out winger. And I think with the wingers that were being linked with, I feel like the, the tactics are going to be get that ball into the box. Because with Charleston Cavaloo and at and Deadly in the air, very good finishes, good in the air,
2: and it could work long-term. I will just talk about Moyes Keane quickly, Ben. I know, obviously, PSG are heavily linked. Blues, PSG want him on loan. You know, it's, it's as simple as that. They want him on loan again. Uh, Everton obviously looking for a cash sale. Everton were pushing for a sale before the 1st of July. Ben knows a lot more about this side of it than me regarding the profit and losses, but that's why we were pushing it before the 1st of July. PSG knew this. They were fully aware of Everton's situation and they called our bluff, so to speak. Uh, They just stuck instead of twisting. And here we are. Moyes Keane would love to go back to PSG. He's made that very clear on social media. I'm sure we can all have seen it where he likes comments and other things. He's very, very open to going back to PSG. He doesn't really want to stay in England. But we're between a rock and a hard place at the moment with this one. PSG don't want to spend the money. Everton want the money. They're offering a loan, and a loan does nothing for us. Uh, The only thing it does is get his wages off the wage bill. But Everton are more than happy, if need be, to then keep him for this season. But again, in an ideal world, we do need to shift a few out the door. One player who is edging closer to leaving Ben is Bernard. Currently not in the country, as we are trying to arrange a move for him shall we say Everton are, are very happy to just let this one go on as an undisclosed borderline free transfer Ben
1: Yeah he joined the club obviously with a £6 million signing on fee um, and obviously was on about hundred and ten grand a week I think they were there about and is taking up a predominantly big chunk of the wage bill. Um, So Blues, don't be surprised if you see this one go through as undisclosed, as Mick quite rightly said. I feel like Everton just could just take the hit on the free transfer and let him walk for nothing. If we can attract £5 million from him, that would be great. Uh, Only a year left on his contract. Um, But obviously, there is shooters out for him. Um, There's talks, obviously, the Middle East. um, Certain teams there. Russian teams are looking at him. Turkey teams are looking at him. But I feel like he is one that goes out the door. Look, Bernard, he came in the first season. I was really excited for him. Performed reasonably well in his first year, but just hasn't gone to the levels that we that we wanted for it to see from him. But look, he's a professional. He worked hard in the shirt. And he's not one that I'd, I'd be made up to see him go. I'd just be saying I'd wish him all the best and good mm-hmm. luck with the future of Everton, after Everton, because he did try, he did perform and he wasn't one of these that came in and soaked. He did put a shift in but quite frankly just didn't work out.
2: Mm -hmm. And there we go Blues. That is the transfer roundup. At the moment, obviously things are changing. It's very fast moving at the moment with Everton planned to fly over to the US on the 29th of July for our pre-season fixtures. We'll be back very, very soon with all the news and all the latest coming out of Goodison Park and Finch Farm. In the meantime, stay safe, take care and all the very best. Thank you.